Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU-352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the time, so we decided to record it. We talk about all things Star Wars here, from new episodes of new shows, to books, games, custom lightsaber building, Star Wars news, all of that stuff. And we're glad you're here to share this with us. Peyton, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Max. It is a beautiful day, and the galaxy has just gotten a bit more interesting. I see my new empire is doing safe and sound. <laughs> Your new empire? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today uh, today is the uh, 7th, is the day that we're recording this. I just got back from Texas. Uh, you just got out of a wedding recently. We have yep. been busy bees. And <laughs> this is literally the first time that... Peyton and I have been able to sit down and talk about not only the first episode of uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, the series, but <laughs> but also the second one that has come out since we've last been able to talk. So, um, the my I have a PDF of notes that I took while watching the first episode, and to be honest. Um, they just kind of go with the scenes. Um, Same here. I kind of did a bit of both as so, much as I could. So, uh, you'll probably have more. I'm, I was excited when they opened the, so from here on out, this is the, new, this is spoilers. So and new territory for us. So we are. Just as in the dark about this future-wise as any of you guys. And if you want to send us any predictions you might have in emails at the end of the episode, you're welcome to do so. Absolutely. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook and our email, uh, which will all be listed at the end. And because uh, that's another folder I have to open up. Um and uh, we'll we'll be happy to give you a shout out if you want to do that as well. Um, the first thing that I noticed, the very first thing that I noticed in my first watching of episode one was mm -hmm. the Padawan, uh, Caleb. I got a well, lot. Actually, of, I got a lot to say about that boy. But what are you going to okay. say? Okay. Well, before you um, continue with that, uh, let's tell our listeners what is the name of this episode. Uh, how about you tell us the name All of right. the episode? Well, I wrote this down. So the name of this first episode is Aftermath. And it is a just name, I think, because we literally, we literally dropped right into an ending battle of the Clone Wars. And I wanted to point out that the same dude that does the intros <laughs> to all the Clone Wars episodes before this has done it again. He's done the voice for, you know, what is coming, and he is doing this again for this new series, apparently. 
And that's the um, that's the one voice actor I didn't actually write down. I I thought it was James Arnold Taylor, uh, the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi, but I was wrong. It's mm-hmm. a different voice actor. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Obi Wan Kenobi anyway. So, so Max, tell us, um, like, give us the groundwork of this uh, first scene. So, in, in this first scene, uh, there's a bunch of clones, uh, a battalion of clones. Uh, that's probably the wrong word. A group of clones. I don't want to get squad. messed up. Uh, a squad of clones uh, with a uh, Jedi Knight. Um, actually, would it that's going to be a Master? Jedi Master. Actually. That is Deepa Balapa. She was a Padawan of Master Windu. Really? She sa- yep. She sat on the Jedi High Council, I believe. And she did briefly fall to the dark side. And um, her Padawan, which I think we will bring up, uh, is Caleb Dune, otherwise known as Kanan Jarrus from the Rebels series. That is the same character? It is the same character. Okay. I was wondering why a very oh, small no. child had a grown man voice. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I don't even, I don't exactly know how old Caleb is in this time period um i I would say he's a teen do you think he's a teenager definitely a teen uh at at most i'm thinking 12 to 14 Mm -hmm. so we have kanan jarris well you know we have we have caleb dune aka kanan jarris we have deepa balaba we have do we do we know what legion of clones this is what Uh, number i know that it was I know that it was green, uh, but I don't remember which number that is specifically. Okay. Well, I know the captain is Captain Gray. Okay. And this is the planet Caller, I believe. Yes, K-A-L-L-E-R. So, take it away. So, um, they're pinned down by uh, three tanks and another battalion and a, an accompanying battalion of droids. And droids uh, or clankers? Clankers. Clankers. That's right. (laughs) Seriously, like the names of all of these characters was literally built like, all right, they all sat down, a bunch of writers sat down in a room and were like, okay, okay, Dave Filoni, all the clones are Australian. What names sound cool in Australian? And <laughs> Dave Filoni re- leans into the mic and goes, Omega. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. So mm-hmm. so with that, um, so Caleb, uh, Caleb was sent to go get uh, reinforcement. He comes back seemingly empty-handed, but uh, Clone Force 99. Uh, comes in and oh, I'm gonna be doing this the whole time apparently. Um, uh, come in with a surprise attack and just obliterate. Yep, just destroys all of the Clankus. <laughs> and uh, as that's finished, they have a little weird back and forth with uh Captain Gray, mm-hmm. um, which. Let me uh let me cut in here. Uh they call other clones regs. Right. Did you notice that? 
Yeah. Like regulars. I did see I did see the last season of Star Wars Clone the Wars. Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So I I have seen the Bad Batch's introduction in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So, speaking of introductions, should we uh, remind our listeners who these guys are? So, originally, there were four of them. Um, it was Hanta, the leader, uh, yep. Tick, uh, Crosshair, and Rekka. All of which played by D. Bradley Baker. Um, excellent voice actor. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know that he... Fun fact about D. Did you know that he got his start, his first, like... You not I don't even know if it was union work at the time, but like mm-hmm. his big break was being Olmec, the giant head on uh Nickelodeon's Legends of the Hidden Temple. Huh. He was a he was like he hadn't finished his bachelor's degree mm-hmm. yet, so he must have been like nineteen or twenty mm-hmm. uh with a giant chin on a pole talking into a microphone <laughs> underneath a giant head and and in this corner yeah. you will go into the room with the monkeys like that was his job <laughs> well i'll take your word for it i don't i never really followed nickelodeon when i was younger but i digress so you said there were four originally who is the fifth the fifth uh is uh i forgot which uh, echo i know it's echo but i don't remember which battalion he's from he hmm. was he was originally with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then they thought, everyone thought that he had exploded and died, but he was repurposed by the Trade Federation uh, mm-hmm. into being like a brain for them. They were mm-hmm. using him to crack codes uh, of, the, of the Republic and, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, teaching them the strategies uh, all the robots, the strategies of the Republic, so that they could more easily be defeated. Anakin, mm-hmm. Anakin goes in with Bad Batch, saves him, but he's more machine than man, and so Echo feels uncomfy around the rigs, and um, they, he joins uh, Special Force Ninety Nine as Echo. Right, right, all right. So. Special Force 99, they've rolled up. They've obliterated all the clankers and all the tanks. So what else is going on? So, uh, they, uh, Jedi Master Balaba decides uh, that it is, in fact, a good idea to launch a counterattack. And regardless of where uh, they, everyone does get news, thanks to tech, that Obi-Wan has been spotted hasn't has engaged uh general grievous on utapal correct and so they think it's all going to be over soon and (laughs) balaba goes yeah tell that to the robots we (laughs) like they're going to keep fighting so we have to we have to hold our ground on this planet until they're Mm just they're disrupted so it's always amazed me that all these that i that act so serious in the live action films most of the time and we get a lot of their just dry humor in these animated film uh, series. Yeah, it makes you. It may, sometimes makes you forget that they're a cult. Um, I th- <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, sorry. That's my Sith coming out. Um, I think that uh, 
I, I do think I really like being able to have like the the fleshing out of all of, of characters the, of these characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like the majority of the time that we don't see the we see Jedi outside of the main characters, we see mm-hmm. them either on the field of battle or mm-hmm. we see them in sitting the, in chairs. Yeah, sitting in chairs and saying like, nothing. Yeah. But yeah. like in the same way that like like senator actual senators don't sit around the senate room senate room like uh like cracking jokes and farting on each other but like <laughs> i guarantee you kiati mundi would have been like hey watch this and <laughs> <laughs> well so that i'm just saying so yeah. we uh so the bad batch uh plus caleb start walking in the direction of uh where they know the droids are going to be um and uh commander gray gets a suspicious call hologram and mm-hmm. uh and, and it who is, is it it is uh newly elected emperor uh palpatine saying execute order 66 <laughs> and What's even cooler that it is Ian McDiarmid's voice. They used uh, they used the original recording, or did they get him back in? No, I don't know. I think they might have edited him in because you could briefly hear his voice um, in Clone Wars season seven at the end when Ahsoka Tano feels Anakin fall to the dark side. I mean, she doesn't exactly pinpoint that he has actually fallen to the dark side. She just knows there's something going on. And in the background, we hear the aftermath of the duel between Master Windu and the Chancellor. Right. And we hear mixed dialogue between uh, Palpatine, Anakin, and Windu. And the voices seem to line up with Samuel Jackson, Ian McDiarmid, and Hayden Christensen. I'm glad about that. Which, as we, as we know, Hayden Christensen did not reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars, and neither did um, Samuel Jackson or McDiarmid. They had different voice actors for the Clone Wars and Rebels, in, in, in Palpatine's case. Uh, and Count Dooku as well. Uh, they did get except the, they did get the voice actor for Count Dooku, uh, whose name escapes me, to come mm-hmm. in and listen and approve of the voice double, and his uh, Sir Christopher Lloyd, I think his no, name was no 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 Sir Christopher Lee. No, you're right, Christopher Lee. Uh, and Christopher Lee did actually voice Dooku in the uh, film, in the animated film, The Clone. Yes. Where we first meet Ahsoka. So, back to the show. So, uh, the uh, so the clones immediately begin firing upon uh, Master Jet- Balaba. Yes. Master Balaba, who yeah. tells her Padawan to run, and uh, the Bad Batch seems unaffected by. Except- or maybe crosshair uh, except for crosshair mm-hmm. and uh 
and I really liked that back and forth as the as the episode progressed was that they don't follow orders. They're very un the Bad Batch is very unorthodox, and so mm -hmm. the thing that tipped everybody off that Crosshair wasn't all there anymore was the fact that he kept saying good soldiers follow orders. Orders. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Hunter just would like immediately turn to him and be like, since when? What the mm -hmm. hell are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> so the Padawan sees Balaba get gunned down, hears the scream, books it into the woods, and <laughs> Hunter goes, hold on, just, all right, you go deal with the rigs, me and Crosshair are gonna go into the woods to find the kid. When they find the kid, Crosshair starts shooting at him. Like, yeah. without saying anything to Hunter, immediately mm -hmm. opens fire on a child. And Hunter mm -hmm. immediately goes, hmm, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking we'd... <laughs> something, one of these things is not supposed to be here. And uh, he lets, he eventually lets, um, the, the boy runs, uh, Caleb is showing a lot of form four stances and leaps, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and is Netmaster Yoda's style too? Yes. Um, although all of his strikes are very form one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there are seven lightsaber fighting styles. Audience, dear audience, we will get to those in more depth uh. at at when it, when the need arises. Right now, he. <laughs> Notice that he was acting like Yoda, doing a bunch of jumpy, jumpy jumps. He is not <laughs> Form 3. Very little of his stances were that of Obi-Wan's. He was not good at defense, uh -uh. Um, which is why he was trying to leap and strike as much as he could. But even with all of the follow-through that, he, was, that he sounded like he was making, all of his stances seem, all of his strikes were very Form 1, the Padawan stance. So mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of there wasn't any finesse to it. No. And oh. maybe maybe this tells us that he wasn't a Padawan for very long. Mm -hmm. Um or... because when, well, when we see him in Rebels, he is definitely not necessarily a full fledged Jedi, obviously not, but he has gained some wisdom. And I believe he's had some guidance from Master Yoda's voice throughout the um, series of Rebels. Either him or Ezra Bridger, which... I think it's both. Get into. Yeah, maybe a bit... I think both of them had a bit uh, of help from our little green friend. Especially when Kanan uh, becomes a Mirror Lucan. Um which is something that I didn't know would be possible, but I'm excited for. Um, mm -hmm. Also, his lightsaber, if you guys want to take a look at it, um, looks exactly like the Saber Forge Ares. It is in it, one of part of their Elite series. Um, it was created, it was designed by um, a fan of the show, Star Wars Rebels. Um, and... Actually, I think it was before. Um, do you know when Rebels came out? Rebels, let's see. It came out from 2014 to 2017, okay. I think. Okay, yeah. because um, the the Saber League uh, national champion uh, was elected by Saber Forge to help mm -hmm. 
uh, designed this new lightsaber, which <clears throat> is very Kanan. Uh, the emitter is exactly like the one from Star Wars Rebels. The pommel mm -hmm. is slightly different. It's a little, it's a little heavier uh, mm -hmm. to make it more easy for Form 3 or Form 2 practitioners to be able to do mm -hmm. the spin um, because the emitter is quite large, uh, mm -hmm. deceptively large. Uh, mm -hmm. it, is, it looks gorgeous, and it's mm -hmm. like 150 flat, but um, it Whoa. is... One to it's almost one to one, uh, mm -hmm. for a custom lightsaber, um, mm -hmm. uh, for a no. not custom lightsaber. Mm -hmm. I'm very impressed. Mm -hmm. Now, is that the only reiteration of the saber, or can fans get this somewhere else? That is a good question. Uh, the, I don't, the Ares I don't is know. the only one yeah. that I can think of that mm -hmm. is not an exact Kanan Jarrus, uh. -huh. uh copy um right. there's not a lot of people making specific lightsabers from legends or the cartoons mm -hmm. um people, people are mainly focusing on the lightsabers that sell uh in mass quantities i'm sure that if uh if you really wanted to i mean uh well disney might come out with a legacy saber that would at cool. Dogondars Den of Antiquities because they're coming out with um what's the guy from the Jedi Fallen Order? Uh Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Uh mm -hmm. his lightsaber is so cool. Everyone's been mm -hmm. buying it and it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cool sabers, they just released a set of sabers just the other day. That is the reforged Skywalker saber and Princess Leia Organa Skywalker solo. <laughs> her saber. Um, you can get both of them together for, I believe it's around three hundred bucks for the hilts at Doc Londers Den of Antiquities at Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World. Um, but they are limited to about three thousand a piece. Mm. Well, yeah, three thousand pieces. Period for Disney World, Disneyland, and online. Oh wow! So yeah, but um, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> so uh. The kid escapes, uh, and well, over a waterfall or next to a waterfall, and I, I did notice that. That was a good force jump. That was a really yes, cool force jump. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Crosshair, uh, thinks that Hunter is lying, which he is. Uh, but he mm -hmm. decides, uh, in this moment to send. Uh, we find out later that he sent a message back, um. Uh, back to Star Command, and uh, Star Command. Are we buzzed? Right <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Camino. That in fact, uh, Hunter did not complete the mission, and mm -hmm. while everyone which else we'll is find out, uh, yes, which is everyone else seems to be okay with, uh, mm -hmm. specifically Tech. Uh, I mean, we really don't have to worry about Wrecker. Wrecker is. I, I, he, just wants to, he just wants to blow something up. I feel like if they... I enjoy how they have threaded the needle with him. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, writing a character like him, it would be so easy to make the guy big, strong, and angry. And mm -hmm. they decided not. They wanted big, strong, dumb, and positive. All mm -hmm. So, like, even when he's angry, they all of his dialogue... Uh, like very 
very little of his dialogue is using negative words. No, it's a lot of laughing, too. It's a lot of laughing. He's the one that is saying, oh, I like this one. And he... And something up. And <laughs> all of it is very positive. I feel mm-hmm. like he's the most heartwarming of all of them. Um, and, I f- and I feel like they did a really good job. I feel like mm-hmm. they could have just like half-assed it and made the, made the character big, strong, dumb, and angry. Mm-hmm. And then we wouldn't like him. No. And another thing I noticed that um, Echo, uh, Tech, and Cross, they all have softer voices compared to most clones. Mm-hmm. Did you notice this? Yes. Uh, and Crosshair uh-huh. is more nasally and airy. Mm-hmm. Out of all the um, uh, Hunter is the only one that sounds most like a clone. Particularly a clone that we all know and love. Captain Rex. I have no... I've never actually known Commander Rex. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know, Captain Rex was part of the 501st. Um, and he all he ran around with Anakin Skywalker throughout most of the Clone Wars. He was with Ahsoka Tano at the time when Order 66 was issued, and um, Ahsoka was able to remove the inhibitor chip. Oh, and, that's him. Okay, okay. Him, Jesse, and I believe one more. I could be wrong, but we see him pop up in Rebels. Um, there are rumors going around that he might pop up again in some of these other live action shows. That would be cool. Maybe Kenobi. I, I, mean, I doubt it's Kenobi. I mean, Saw but... Gerrera showed up, so like anything's possible. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll we'll get to we'll get to Saw Gerrera. So so all right. So where does our band of clones go now? Uh, they show back up at Camino and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the name of their ship? I don't know. It is the Havoc Marauder. The Havoc Marauder. I like which that. I'm sure. I'm sure they will come out with a toy of that. It is sooner or later. Its shape is very reminiscent of what would become uh, the the Imperial Cruiser, the thing that brings hmm. Palpatine. Onto the second star, the second star destroyer, not the second star, the second Death Star <laughs> in Episode Six. Oh, oh, you talk about an Imperial shuttle because yes. Imperial cruisers are bigger than that. No, you're you're right, you're right. Yeah, so it's, they arrive at Camino, and who is waiting for them? Uh, lots of people. First off, the, course, the uh, Coruscant Guard. The cor- uh oh, right, the Coruscant Guard. Um. Uh, I don't. Alongside them uh, is uh, uh, soon to be uh, not quite yet Moff Tarkin. Uh, Actually, he is not there right when they come in. He oh, arrives right. just a tiny bit later. But what's interesting is when they meet with the Coruscant Guard and they learn that the war is over, they notice a body of a Jedi on a stretcher with a lightsaber. Do we know who this Jedi is? Um, I didn't recognize the lightsaber, and so I don't know. It looked like uh, a feminine body, but I'm not sure. Okay. So I'm wondering if this Jedi was on Kamino 
at the time of Order 66. That would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. All right, well, let's carry on. So, um, oh, one last thing about Caleb. Uh, yes. So, Caleb, uh, the voice for Caleb is named Freddie Prince Jr., um, mm-hmm. and I know him. The first time I heard this voice actor was Lieutenant James Vega from Mass Effect 3, uh, huh. where, where is he? Where he is an enormous, hairy, uh, marine specimen of a man, um, which is again why my whole body went what when I heard <laughs> it come out of a twelve-year-old, fourteen-year-old's okay. body. Um, okay. Um. Interesting. You know more about these voice actors than I do. The only one I know is D. Bradley, D. Bradley Baker and James Arnold Taylor. For the most part. Oh yeah. Um I and I know uh one other uh two other big ones in this episode that we'll get to when they get introduced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so um one of the things that they see uh one of the people that they see um during a uh during the Emperor's speech of the attack to on the Senate, Mike. which I thought I thought this was a, this was a great moment. Because we are jumping right into what the aftermath of the events of uh, episode three are. And this is coinciding. And I know that this is the original audio. Uh huh. It sounds like it too. It's the same reverb. The, the like the amount of time it would take to make to get the original to like get the voice actor to come in and do it again, mm-hmm. and then get the get the reverb of the Senate just right again, mm-hmm. like. I, I'm sure that somebody was like, nah, just pay him. <laughs> no, yeah, no. This, this, I think this is like an audio recording. Um, more, you know. If you actually watch Rebels, they, uh, when Palpatine does show up, um, all his scenes, Ian McDiarmid does voice all of Palpatine's scenes, or most of them, in Rebels, which is in contrast to Clone Wars. Same thing with uh, Frank Oz as Yoda. We had a different voice actor for Yoda in the Clone Wars, and Rebels, we have Frank Oz. I mean, Yoda doesn't physically appear, as far as I remember, but we hear his voice throughout the show. That's cool. So. So, in in the meeting, in the announcement uh, to the Senate that he is dissolving the Senate and <laughs> he is, uh, or dissolving, dissolving the Republic, dissolving the, the entirety of the Republic and right. making the an Senate empire dissolved until, uh, episode four, I believe. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Grand Moff Tarkin was he, talking about that. Yeah. He said that the emperor has dissolved the council permanently. So, um, one of the things, uh, that Hunter sees is a little girl, uh, next to uh, Lama Su? No. Yes, uh, prime... na- n- uh, oh, uh, Namase. Mm-hmm. Um, Lama Su is the, the guy. Prime Minister. Kaminoam, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, we find out later that her name is Omega. Yep. And I don't know. I've heard this voice actress's name but it's not coming to mind and I didn't take notes and I'm, I greatly apologize for that. Um, <laughs> I, 
I have a lot of thoughts about Omega. Um, mm-hmm. I thought immediately with the accent that she could be a clone. And then um, my thought was, okay, if they're going to make a girl clone, mm-hmm. it has to be for a reason. And I hope, mm-hmm. like, I hope the reason isn't, oh, we got to have girls so the girls watch the show. Like, I hope it's an actually good reason. I don't think that's the reason. I, I have some theories on her. Um, what are your theories? In uh, going back over um, the trailer, um, we do see her. Uh, big spoilers here. Uh, uh, she is seen with a night sister bow, hmm. um, and she is definitely uh, empathic. Uh, she talks about other people's feelings a lot, and the camera lingers on her when other people are having strong feelings around her. Um, mm-hmm. as well as throughout um, the the final part of this episode when they're um, when they're trying to escape mm-hmm. Camino mm-hmm. um, she is mimicking hunter's moves exactly all mm-hmm. almost milliseconds behind him like mm-hmm. too fast for a person that doesn't know that she's doing it to do mm-hmm. it it's and she even she even reaches out to crosshair and says that she knows what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And he, so are you suggesting, are we going to go so far as to think that Omega is Force-sensitive? I will be upset if that is the case. Um, really? Because that means that the Kaminoans had found a way to make someone Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. The, the, to my knowledge... Uh, again, I haven't mm-hmm. watched. I haven't watched a lot of Clone Wars. I haven't watched uh, very much of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched all the Mandalorian, but I, I didn't watch much of Rebels. Mm-hmm. The old story goes that the Mandalorians would kill off um, for sensitive Mandal- uh, Mandalorians because because mm-hmm. of the Mandalorian Wars, uh, they hated the Force so much. They like it was seen as a weakness, um, mm-hmm. and you could be technically a double agent, and so they were out of it. And so, having having someone like Django Fett, who is dyed in the wool, um, Mandalorian, he is Mandalorian mm-hmm. pure blood. There's no way that there would be force in his blood, mm-hmm. and they makes make a clone of his force sensitive. There has to be a better reason for it or okay. or mm-hmm. they're they're changing how force sensitives happen which i would be down <clears throat> for but if they're if their reasoning is oh well they just made me force sensitive like oh crap what are the implications of that that sounds terrifying mm-hmm. uh, i don't i don't know if that's the case um here's my theory if she's not force sensitive she is someone, a clone that they made that has all the abilities of the Bad Batch put together. That could also be the case. <laughs> um, the oh, right under right under my notes about Omega. We'll get back to her. Um, is uh, two notes about Crosshair. Uh, number <laughs> one, Crosshair has a counterbalance pull on his left pauldron, and it sticks huh. out so that when he leans in with his sniper rifle, he is fully balanced. Okay. And I did I, not 
I, I did not pick this up. The uh, audio description did not tell me. I did not notice that until okay. he uh, was until the end of the episode, uh, end of episode one, where he moves his shoulder a bit to make sure that he is properly set up. And I was like, oh my god, that's why that's there. It's not just mm -hmm. a piece of art. It's actually purposeful. The other thing is, Crosshair's walk is different after Order sixty six. It is. There is a physical difference between his walk and the rest of the Bad Batch's walk cycle, um, animation-wise. Um, and you'll see there are there are scenes where the Bad Batch are, are walking next to indoctrinated post-66 clones, and Crosshair's walk is identical to theirs. It is the exact mm. same animation. Um... And which is more foreshadowing, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. But I I like Omega. Um, mm -hmm. I this this girl's got some spunk. I'm here for yeah. her. Mm -hmm. I, I like it a lot. Um, they're she's kind of like she's kind of like the new Ahsoka, kind of. Yes, I feel like they're they've been rehashing this kind of same story over and over and over again and so i'm wondering what they're going to do different this time there was the mm -hmm. there was the guardian and the child uh of anakin and ahsoka and then there was uh there was uh, kanan jarris and what's his ezra what's the, ezra and mm -hmm. then there was uh the mandalorian and baby yoda and Grogu, <laughs> Din Djarin and Grogu, <laughs> ah! and so, and so we're gonna get we're we're gonna get this guardian learns how to be a guardian again, and mm -hmm. the child grows up in this uh, tumultuous time kind of thing, and so this is now mm -hmm. the third or fourth time we're getting this story, and so. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm tired of it. I really like this story. I have a two-year-old mm -hmm. daughter. I'm really interested in what they have to say here. Mm -hmm. And it's even more complicated because they're both clones. Mm -hmm. And so it's less of a father-daughter relationship mm -hmm. and more of an older brother-younger sister. Mm -hmm. um, well, he, go ahead. I was going to mention um, Omega. She probably just grew up naturally on Camino. Hence most of the clones they had that accelerated growth. Right. Including Bad Batch, right? I think so. As far as I know, I don't I don't really know the answer. And if anybody does know the answer, please feel free to uh message us, email us, call us, um, whatever. Reach out with the force. So, uh, Omega, um, sorry, Omega, um, <laughs> has, uh, a robot medical assistant, uh, called AZ. AZ3, uh, who is voiced by none other than Academy Award winning Ben Diskin. Uh, he was the voice of number one and number two in Kids Next Door. Uh, mm. he was one of the main characters in an anime, a big anime recently called Beastars, and he is a card-carrying, uh, voice acting union member and has been a huge name in anime in, I don't know, the past, like, eight to ten years. Mm -hmm. He's 
humongous. I recognized him immediately. Uh, he's uh, he's a really nice guy. Uh, he we're not we're not Twitter mutuals, but I do follow him. <laughs> um, the other voice actor that comes up uh, almost immediately following this is uh, mm-hmm. in the scene uh, with Lama Su and uh, Tarkin. Uh, mm-hmm. Lama Su. Um, is voiced by Bob Bergen, none other than the voice of Porky Pig. Oh, interesting. He, uh, Bob Bergen, um, has been known not only for doing a lot of voices for Looney Tunes over the over the past number of years, um, after Mel Blanc, but also that he's an excellent voice coach, uh, and does. Uh, I don't know if he does online teaching due to uh, the Rona, but before the Rona. Um, he, uh, he exclusively did in-person, uh, acting classes and mm-hmm. from what I have heard, they are worth every penny. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he seems to be a really cool person and he mm-hmm. has a humongous IMDB. I think he's got like 800, 900 things, uh, mm-hmm. that he's credited with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after this. After like the the setup of this, I feel like a lot of it kind of fell off. I don't have many notes after meeting Saw Guerrera. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you skipped a bunch of stuff here. Yeah. So, um, after the assembly with um, you know, seeing Palpatine address the Senate and meeting Omega, um, <laughs> Omega, there is a fight between the Regs and the Bad Batch in the Beth Hall. Thanks to Omega picking a fight, which is cool. Uh, this is the second time that we've heard uh, Wrecker say, "Oh, I like this. I like this one." Yeah. Um, and as a result of this fight, they are summoned. They think they're being summoned to Lama Sue for a punishment, but one of the regs has informed them. That they're meeting in the training facility? Yes. To do some testing. For Tarkin. Uh, to prove now, to prove to whether or not they're worth it. Correct. Because as we understand, Mr. Tarkin, well, he's a piece of work. Monsieur Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> um... He does not like clones. No. At all. No. And uh, and something happened. He was there when e- when we everybody thought we lost Echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they alluded to that. I haven't seen that episode of Clone Wars, but apparently things went explodey, and uh, and Moff, uh, not Moff yet, um, Admiral Admiral Tarkin. Admiral uh was there and apparently almost uh uh received harm from that and blames the the clones hmm. he'll so, blame anyone i mean yeah i mean he's aw- he's an awful person i um, mean this man this man has he's been everything he's he's had a hand in the trial of Ahsoka Tano when she was accused of dropping bombs on the Jedi temple Really? Uh, yes. I didn't realize that was him. Oh crap! <laughs> yes, or at least had a part in it. And I haven't watched that particular episode of Clone Wars. I believe it was 
five, season five, the last couple episodes of season five, he was involved in that. Um, you see him obviously in episode three at the very end. No speaking role, obviously. You see him throughout Rebels. He pops up now and again, and you see him in Rogue One as pretty much taking over the Death Star, which was n- not actually his idea. Um, I know he says he spoke of it to the Emperor years ago, but as we all know, it is Orson Krennic, who I like, <laughs> direct director Krennic, his baby, as it were. And, of course, we finally meet him in episode four, again, the last time. And this man's arrogance has had no bounds. I believe in the old canon, they even had a super weapon named the Tarkin. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) I don't remember what it did, but there was a bunch of super weapons back then. I mean, it, it's uh, outer space. Like what? Uh, like when you have infinite space, why why not make infinite big guns? <laughs> well, apparently they were trying to make super weapons smaller and smaller and smaller that could do more damage. Aside from a Death Star. Oh. So, for example, there was a weapon, a, sh- a little ship called the Sun Crusher, that had torpedoes that you could shoot into the heart of the sun. And make the sun and the planets surrounding it go supernova. Huh. Um, and you can read that in a trilogy called the Jedi Academy trilogy. I believe it stars, of course, Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, blah, blah, blah. Uh, old canon, obviously, where Luke had his uh, Jedi Academy on the Avon 4. Um, right, right, right. We can discuss all that later, but yeah, we're getting off track. So they, yeah, <laughs> so the bad bitch, are going into uh, a training, and to prove their worth. And when they make short work of that, Tarkin goes, make them use live rounds. And <laughs> uh, to which uh, Bob Bergen protests, "My good lord, I must protest." And Tarkin goes, I'll pay you back for whatever damage happens. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And and then Tar- when they start winning, uh, Tarkin gets mad. He goes, oh, this is unorthodox. He's like, like he just wanted to watch them die. Like, mm-hmm. No, I wanted to win. Um, nothing. Yeah, nothing pleases this man at all. No, uh, unless it's himself. Uh he is the Narcissus of Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, the one really cool... I mean, like, the combat's interesting, but I, I didn't see much of it of note. Um, they they did make a point to be... Uh, the camera made a point to linger on the fact that um, all the squad was looking out for each individual, um, mm-hmm. which I would assume Tarkin sees as a weakness, um, because they would stop forward motion to collect the wounded and then continue to push forward, which is where I think Tarkin has his uh, reservations reservations. He would rather mm-hmm. uh, he would rather trade and win than come back uh, like have more uh, uh, than lose the fight, which mm-hmm. ha- has some merit. 
Uh, like I'm gonna put my little Sith hat on and, and say, yeah, it does have some merit to say. I thought you were recovering, Sith. <laughs> I don't need it. I, you know, I just, I just need it sometimes. <laughs> uh, but like the uh, the idea of uh, lose the battle, win the war, but in the micro. So mm -hmm. lose the soldier, win the fight. Um, <laughs> it has been kind of how Tarkin goes uh but as we've learned from tarkin doing other things um he doesn't take risks unless he knows unless he it is willing to double down and so uh he needs to know uh i'm taking an awful risk with this veda this is better this is better work he he puts his life on the line puts his name on the line every time he makes a decision and mm -hmm. so with this i feel like it really does go into this character that's like what like 60 years old now like the character like the character has been in the zeitgeist he's, been, he's probably he's he's the same age as episode four so about 40 um, almost 44 years man so like um, the fact that they got a writer that knew this well enough to write him this well here i'm just giving huge props to the writers because i feel like all of this writing has to like fit cookie cutter size exactly mm -hmm. into like episode four lore uh episode Rogue One. Rogue One. Episode six lore. Episode three lore. Episode six. Why are we? Why are we? Why are we discussing episode six? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um. So. So the one scene that was very uh, visually impressive was uh the shoot the knife uh shooting the knife uh, uh Hunter calls out to Crosshair and says we need cover fire. Crosshair lines up a shot and tells Wrecker to throw his knife. Mm -hmm. He throws it and uh, towards Crosshair, and Crosshair shoots the uh, shoots the knife midair. It continues to spin, charged with uh, an electric bolt, and mm -hmm. hits the last robot that's shooting at them in the head, and it falls dead. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Well, it was. Um... Yeah, the audio description was uh, very good in that, in that particular department. What um, I noticed is uh, when the Bad Bats, when when they find out that this is live rounds, they, they're not happy. They're not happy about this. And everyone yeah. except Crosshair. Crosshair just shrugs it off. Yeah, what's up with this dude? <laughs> yeah, Crosshair's like, you got shot. It happens. And everyone He's else is like, problems. Mm -mm, we are not, we're not target practice. Uh, and that's tech saying that too. Um, mm -hmm. I, we know that Echo, uh, Echo's moral compass was that of Obi-Wan, uh, mm -hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, and so they, he's already not okay. We know that he's not okay with killing Jedi. We know Hunter mm -hmm is very confused and not okay with killing Jedi. Wrecker doesn't know what's happening. And, no. and I have been curious about uh, Tech this whole time until this scene. This scene when Tech stands up and goes, we are not 
there's a difference between being in a war, uh, being on the battlefront, and being used as target practice. Um, this is the moment where I realized that tech is also on the good side. <laughs> and uh, because up until this point, he's been very impartial. He's been very tech, mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. objective. He's like, yeah, we've all mm -hmm. been indoctrinated. Yeah, we've all had implants. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is exactly how this would happen. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know where his loyalties lied. I mean, from the very first episode of Star Wars Clone Wars that I saw with Bad Batch, I knew Crosshair was sketchy. But, like, <laughs> I always thought he was sketchy, but on our side. You know, like <laughs> Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, all right. Well, so what does Tarkin have? Uh, unit 99. Well, I just don't consider Unit 99. Uh, Tarkin seems to think so. And he sends them on a mission uh, to, to eliminate... Onderon. Onderon. Um, I don't know anything about Onderon, uh, but apparently I... it's important. I know some of it. Um, this is the home plan of Saw Gerrera. Correct. We see it briefly in a couple episodes in the Clone Wars. We actually, I've heard some about Onderon in some old audio cassette tapes. What? Um, this was an audio drama. That was made back in 95, 96. I remember, of course, you know, this is Legends material now. Whoa. Um, but the fact that they had the same planet, that's interesting. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, I can't recall too well because um, I haven't heard the story in a while. This, the story is actually set way, way before episode one, at least maybe 4,000 years before episode one. Jesus. So it's called uh, Dark Lords of the Sith, maybe? Cool. Or Tales, of the, Tales of the Jedi. My kind of people. Focused, it focused on, um, I believe, Exar Kun. Hell yeah. <laughs> Give me some Exar Kun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, there was a Sith named Freedon Nad. Yeah, Freedon Nad. And his tomb was on Onderon. Oh, that's cool. I may be completely wrong. So, again, somebody use the force choke or something and tell me. <laughs> I try and pretend like I know everything about Star Wars, but I know quite a lot. Yes, you do. Um, hey, if you're going to correct us, do it to our face. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Be, be a um, big boy about it. Yeah, but. use the holocom, hologram. Um, but yeah, this is where Andron, this is where Andron comes into the story. Um, so it's I'm glad to see it pop up again because we got to see it only a couple times on screen, and um, when it appeared in the Clone Wars, I didn't actually put two and two together that this was the same planet that was in a short story set four thousand years before the Phantom Menace. So that's very interesting to know. That is very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, they they drop uh, when they meet uh, the insurgents. It it's just the it's just literally a grandma that Crosshair has in his <laughs> sights, and there are children running around. This immediately mm -hmm. sets everyone off because everyone but Crosshair, um, 
and they all stand up and uh and and hunter says when hunter says stand down um mm. they get taken in because the the rebel forces find them uh mm-hmm. scouting them out and they meet saw Gerrera. and Which... saw Gerrera mentions yes. about onderon uh no tech says that uh Sagara, either Tech or Echo, I forget which one said it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they mentioned that Sagarera was taught, uh, was trained by Obi Wan and Anakin, and Sagarera responds yeah. later on by saying that the Jedi helped um, liberate Onderon, and so mm-hmm. he's going to give these. Uh, these clones, the Bad Batch, a choice instead of just eliminating them on site. Which is very different from the Saw Gerrera that we see in Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this first Saul off, he, he has his own lungs. <laughs> and he doesn't have a boot gullet. Um, but were you expecting to see Saw Gerrera this early? Um, I, I don't know Saw Gerrera. I didn't recognize the name. Uh, I had to look it up on the forums to figure out, oh, well, this person was important. And it was like, oh, well, apparently he's the old guy in Rogue One. Weird. But apparently he had a big role in Clone Wars for a hot minute. And so... And he, I think, is in Rebels for a tiny bit. I'm yes, he wrong. is. Okay, uh, yeah, he's in Rebels. Uh, before... Oh, which means he survives Rogue One? Cool. No, 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 no. Rebels is set before Rogue One. Rebels is set. Oh right, right, right. After episode yes. three, but before Rogue One. You're right. You're so right. I don't, I don't remember if it's 15 years before episode four or five to zero years before episode four, or 19. No, zero, uh, zero AB. Excuse me. So these timelines are all confusing. No, it's because like... next thing, next thing you know, the Kenobi uh, show is going to take place 10 years after episode three. Solo is set 13 years after episode 3. Um, actually, it starts out, I think it's 13 years, and then it jumps 3 years. I don't know. It's, it's confusing. But um, I, all these shows are taking place practically between episode 3 and 4, which is really, really cool. We've never actually got to see much of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the dark times. I think, um, uh, I really do think that the two times that I want to learn the most about are the, are the dark times between three and four and, uh, the high Republic, uh, which hmm. I, I haven't gotten far any farther in the book because, uh, again, I was in Texas and wasn't reading. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I think you know my opinions on the high Republic already. I I am a big fan of the Old Republic um, mm-hmm. and will be forever. Um, Which I have not done. I've never really gotten to the Old Republic myself, but I do know more about it. I know it was looked on very favorably. Um, so I know who Revan is. That's pretty much all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Bioware... Uh, Bioware are more writers than they are game de- game devs. Uh-huh. Um, they uh-huh. also made Mass Effect, which uh, brings us back around to the voice of Kanan uh, being in both. Uh, okay. But All right. back to the task at hand. Saw yeah, Gerrera so doesn't kill them. Voice. 
No, yeah. And Hunter just goes back to the ship. Wait, wait, wait. we forget about the probe droid. Oh, uh, oh, that was a probe droid. Uh, On the way back to the ship, uh, Crosshair is like, you're not fit to leave this group. And uh, Hunter hears something in the woods and takes a shot at it. And they realize that it's a probe droid. And they've been been spying on us. And, and oh, and we didn't say that uh, Omega warned the Bad Batch and saying about Tarkin, mm-hmm. about Tarkin, and, and about the mission. And she's now captured too, because she went snooping around, and she got caught by one of the shock troopers. Yep, and and Az Az three A Az three was zapped. That was probably the last <laughs> time we see him. He's, yes, he's decimated. Um. And so, uh, Hunter decides. Uh, going back to Camino after Camino to go to go save her, and Tech is like, "Yeah, she's uh, she's one of the bad batch. She's uh, she's a defective uh, clone clone as well." And everyone goes, "What?" And Tech goes, "I thought it was obvious." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is if we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. This would be mm. the most upsetting player to play with because their mm. intelligence would be maxed out and they wouldn't tell us anything. <laughs> Man, I tell you, there's a lot to unpack here still and we're not even to the end yet. I mean, this was an hour and 14 minute episode. And I've, I feel like we didn't, it didn't have to be that long. Um, I also feel like it didn't have to be one whole piece. This is where they could have cut it. In my in my opinion, they could have easily mm-hmm. cut it here. They could have cut it at the end, um, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the firefight, uh, but before going on the mission. Like, there are lots of ways that they could have trimmed it. I think that they were true, trying to hit true. a sweet sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, it was May Fourth, so they were trying to give us a May the Fourth present, apparently. Yeah, and I'm okay with that, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind star. I don't mind long long Star Wars uh, shows or films, if they make sense. Um, if you look at The Last Jedi, <laughs> um, most of that two and a half hours was a big hunk of nothing. Yeah. Um, case in point, Finn and Rose on Canto Bite. Um, let's not talk about that. Um, so, back to Camino. So we go, they go back to Camino. It's dark. It's scary. There's lightning everywhere. It's reminding me a lot of the PlayStation 2 version of Camino and uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the good one. And uh, <laughs> Star, War, Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2006. And, uh, and I will fight anyone on that. All, those, all these new games are just Call of Duty with Star Wars, and it's not as fun. Uh, the old ones were so much more fun. Uh, I don't know if you um, ever played them, but if you... Uh, I played Battlefront 2, I believe. Um, I never really got into like, video games either, most because I didn't really have... I mean, there's not really a way for vision impaired guys to play games. I mean, there probably is, but, you know, it's just a lot of touch and go. I never was into the whole TV thing, but... That makes sense. I mean, hey, more, more, more power to you. In the 2006 version, um, there was a there was a part of the game called Galactic Conquest, and mm-hmm. so there was dialogue every time you won or lost uh, a planet, 
And if you played as the Empire, um, they they never said they beat anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have relieved the government of Utapau of their duties. It was always political. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was it just it tickled me to this day. There's nothing in the new the new game the new shooting Star Wars games that have that pizzazz like. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. were craving that. That's why Fallen Order has gotten such a good following is because uh-huh. people were hungry for a story Star Wars, not mm-hmm. Call of Duty Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's my soapbox on that. So, okay. so uh, Tarkin accuses them of treason and because they met, they saw they met with Saw Gerrera and Hunter was like, "Crap, that is a leader of the rebellion." <laughs> That's a big important person. I probably shouldn't have just come back here. And Which, incidentally, the rebellion it really, you know, it really isn't formed quite yet. Right. Um, not formed till later by Sensor Mon Mothma and Sensor Bail Organa, I believe. I think you're right. So, all right. So they're in prison. Uh, and they get locked into the same cell that Omega is in, <laughs> and uh, they we get another close up shot of Omega, uh, Omega feeling feelings near Crosshair, and mm-hmm. uh, she puts a hand on him and says, "I know what you're going to do, but don't do it." <laughs> and the I I have my Australian is garbage i apologize to any australians watching this to everyone else it's funny but uh, i'm i'm doing my best d bradley baker i'm doing my best <laughs> <laughs> love me daddy baker uh he so uh she says you're angry and i know what you're going to do but don't do it and right. uh you can't help but i know you can't help it and that's a big point is that she can feel complex emotions, not just like outside emotions, like mm-hmm. your thoughts dwell on your mother, but like full on like the integrity of he is fighting an inhibitor chip mm-hmm. and he is doing his best, but like he doesn't realize that it isn't him. Like it, it's heavy. I'm a big fan that Crosshair is the big bad of the Bad Batch. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because they can't... Everything that they know as a group, Crosshair knows, mm-hmm. which means all of their friends are now on and, the chopping block. And, yeah. uh, like, they are... All the places that they thought they could be safe will no longer be mm-hmm. safe. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they're not used, you know, pulling out some sort of big force-sensitive baddie. Me too. Know, I mean... There's a lot to pull you, from, but do you, I mean, do you think we're gonna see any Vader or Palpatine in pro- this show? Pro- probably not. Uh, I would be more happy if we fought some Night Sisters, uh, or I mean, we might see we might see some Vader, but like, I don't think we would see him in passing, mm-hmm. and not like we wouldn't have the attention of. I assume we would not have the attention of Vader. Um, no. I think mm, definitely not. 
I think Crosshair is going to lead this fight, uh, lead this cat and mouse chase. And mm-hmm. I am excited to see what that entails. Because, like, from a writing standpoint, putting on, like, a writer's hat, um, mm-hmm. again, our good guys don't have any secrets he doesn't know. So they right. can't hide in their usual places. They can't mm-hmm. go to a normal... They can't... Every place that was safe isn't. And so we get to see the Bad Batch doing what they do best. Like, yeah. thinking... Being unorthodox. Thinking outside mm-hmm. the box. And using their per, their personal independent skills collectively and getting mm-hmm. the job done. Mm-hmm. And right now, the job is to get off of Camino. So, uh, they, they are able to, uh, uh, Wrecker was able to bust a hole big enough for Omega to crawl mm-hmm. through. And so mm-hmm. she goes up into the vents and falls down on a couple clowns <laughs> and, uh, and is able to free the rest of the Bad Batch. They, mm-hmm. they make their way back to their own ship. Uh, Which... They've run into Crosshair, and what has happened to Crosshair? Crosshair has elected to get his inhibitor chip dialed to 11, to put it lightly. It looks like it is a very difficult procedure, uh, very physically demanding. Looks like he's in pain, and now he doesn't question. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gets... He offers them one last time to follow orders, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and... Uh, Hunter does not. Um, no. The other thing of importance, I don't know if you heard this, uh, but mm-hmm. the the thing that the camera continued to lean on was mm-hmm. how um, Crosshair was playing dirty. Uh, Crosshair shot Wrecker on purpose, mm-hmm. um, uh, a non-lethal wound, in order to use him as bait. Um, that is some real life World War II sniper bull crap, and it's it is it is not only considered dirty; it's considered mm-hmm. like it's foul play in general. But like mm-hmm. also, we've never seen him do this in any other in any other operation. No, this no. is mm-hmm. this is bad. And then mm-hmm. um, his crosshairs linger not on Hunter. But on the kid. On Omega. On Omega. Consistently panning from Hunter to the child next to him. Oh, boy. Crosshair is aiming at the kid and shooting Mm -hmm. to wound as bait so he can get a headshot on the harder targets. Mm -hmm. This is some low, low stuff. I mean, we've seen seen some of this before with Grogu. I think, maybe. Right. Uh, with um, oh, what is her name? Uh, the girl sniper that apparently was a big deal. Oh, Phoenix Chan. Phoenix Chan. She would Which do this. I believe. I believe we're gonna see her at some point in the show. Yes, they have. Uh, they have shown the 3D model. Uh, that did get leaked onto the subreddit, but I don't remember. And Ming Nong Win is voicing her. Which cool. I- I'm excited about this. We got Mulan again. Um, where's Mushu? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> they should literally have a clone that's the voice of Mushu. 
Just oh, Eddie Murphy. On your home. This island on your galaxy. So, um, I don't even think Aura Singh taught uh, Boba Fett to do that. I think I mm. I don't remember. Uh, I know Baby Boba uh, is like a or, bi- and Aura Singh yeah. is a big deal mm. in the Clone Wars, but I don't remember when or why. Um, I believe she might have been in season two because I know there was a whole season focusing on bounty hunters and yeah. uh, Baby Baby Boba or. Actually, this is funny. In the old canon uh, universe, on Camino, growing up as a kid, all the clones or Mandalorians or what have you, they would call him Bobika or Bobaka as a nickname, which is very interesting to hear. Um, but yeah, I, I love me some more saying. So, uh, crosshairs play in dirty. Yeah. Uh, and but they are able to get away, and only because of the uh, Cameron Owen uh, medical assistant. That Did is you correct. That? A, what is her game? What is her game? Uh, she was an ally with uh Omega the whole time. Uh, she all of her posturing, um, and the way that she mm-hmm. uh every time she. Almost every time you see her, she is next to uh, Omega, and mm-hmm. um, she is always very open towards her. As a very mm-hmm. motherly-looking figure, um, I would mm-hmm. assume that you are correct in that she just uh, Omega was just raised as a baby to like through infancy, um, mm-hmm. and so I would assume that uh, that uh, the medical Kaminoan. Um, raised her like a child as if it were mm-hmm. her own and so she mm-hmm. helped out and omega uh right in the last moment because it has to be because it's star wars um mm-hmm. she takes a shot and disarms crosshair uh, yes because it looked like she tapped into his power for a hot second so maybe she maybe our theory or my theory is correct that she does have all of the abilities of these clones this bad batch together that is i like that hypothesis i would like that a lot better than maybe a force sensitive um it would i don't know did you catch the little glimpse way back in earlier in the episode there was a little fetus clone in a jar did you notice that yes there was there was several okay now what is that supposed to be is that supposed to be just Oh, there the, for uh oh those were just like the towers of vats of clones mm-hmm. um when they were talking to Tarkin and they were in the room with a bunch of them a bunch of the baby baby clones mm-hmm. um they uh it wasn't just one in particular it was just they were in the room where all the babies were mm-hmm. um I didn't see them like particularly single out one no. Um, okay, the audio description made it sound like they were singling one out. No. Which is a discrepancy with some audio descriptions. Um, because they can't talk through the dialogue. They can only That's talk true. through action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, right. so, and so yeah. they're able to get away. Um, and uh, That concludes the episode. Yeah, 
they say we're gonna go meet an old friend that knows how to hide and that mm-hmm. is the end of the first episode thank you so much for joining us today if you want to chat with us, we have a Facebook page uh, at Special Unit Three Five Two on Facebook. Uh, our Instagram and Twitter handles are at SU Three Five Two Podcast, uh, and we have a Patreon uh, under the name Mackenzie Oliver. I'll, it's in the link below. Uh, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening app, uh, because not only do we genuinely want to hear your opinions, that also helps us. Uh, talk with the algorithms because, and that's the only way that we get new listeners. Uh, we look forward to talking with you next week about the new episode. And in fact, we will be uh, talking about we. This episode will come out before uh, episode three comes out, so we'll be happy to talk to you again. Uh, and as Grandmaster Peyton will say goodbye. May the force be with everyone.